Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Focus Point Podcast. I'm really glad you decided to give us a listen. I hope that the words that you hear will encourage you and bless you. I encourage you also to share this with your family and your friends. If you need more information, you can head over to thepointoffocus.com where you'll find other podcast episodes, blog posts, videos, and just some more general information about our ministry. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Well, we are continuing on in our series called Touched, and I'm excited to be continuing this series. This is episode three of the series. If you haven't found the other episodes yet, you can always check them out at thepointoffocus.com, and you can go back there and you can look at those episodes as we continue on with this series. And we're looking at the different ways Jesus touched lives and effectively as it keeps going, like it eventually comes through us and all of that. And so I've been excited for this series and I'm excited for today as we uh, continue journeying through this series. Um, And we're going to look at a, a story, a passage of scripture that's been on my mind and in my heart and all of that for the last several months. So if you have a a copy of the Bible, whether it's paper or electronic, uh, please get that out. And um, I encourage you to get your eyes on a copy of the scripture so we can look at this together. And uh, we will be looking at the NLT version of the Bible and we will be in John chapter 4. So if you can get there, I've just been encouraging lately in these episodes as we've been really looking through different sections of scripture. I've been doing things a little bit differently than we usually do here. So I've just been trying to encourage to kind of get the scriptures out so we can look at them together. So grab your Bible and find John chapter 4 and um, we'll be there in just a second. But... One of the reasons why this has been, and this has been on my, as I said, this passage of scripture has been on my mind for several months already. And it really didn't have anything to do with this series. Um, It actually come before that, something else that's going on in my life. And so I've just been really looking at this and looking at how much Jesus we see just in this passage of scripture. And we could spend several weeks just sitting here in this passage and pulling out all of the different things that Jesus is teaching here just by his actions alone. Okay. So we're not going to do that. Um, We're kind of going to hit bits and pieces of it, kind of trying to piece together the main story of John chapter four. And, So we are not going to exclude anything just because I don't want to talk about it. We're just going to exclude um, some of it because it's not... I'm trying to keep like a a streamlined story, okay? Because I believe the Bible speaks to us. I believe the Bible, each section, each word, each page, like speaks to us. But there's something that Jesus wants to tell us and it's easier if we can get it just in a fine focused picture. So, um, as we've said, the, uh, review here, um, the big idea of our series is the touch of the sorry, the touch of Jesus changes lives. 
The touch of Jesus changes lives. And we've seen that in our first two stories where we've talked about the man born blind and the government official. And in these both of these stories, the touch of Jesus changed their life. The man born blind could see and his life was changed. Just one person's life was changed there. But I mean, I'm sure it affected others. But in John's recording, we kind of see their, um, we see the fam- the parents getting involved, really. But that's about it. But and then in the government officials, we see how Jesus touched, changed the lives of not only the government official, but the, the son that was dying and the entire household. So we get kind of more of a groups of people there, kind of like Jesus touch changes lives and it kind of rippled out. Right. And I'm sure it did for the man born blind. It's just not recorded in John nine. Then we also kind of expounded on the touch of Jesus changes lives, but takes faith. And we looked at that last week and we kind of revisited, um, the man born blind. And we were kind of got that out of the government official story in John chapter four. And when we see this, when we saw this, these stories is the man born blind had to have faith and believe that Jesus knew what he was talking about and go to the water and wash. The man born blind could have just been upset and mad and kind of like, oh, this guy's just making fun of me, putting mud on my eyes. Like, that's really going to heal my eyes. Come on, guys, let's go get this stuff gunk out of my eyes so I can go on to begging and everything, right? So, but he didn't. He went and he washed, and when he washed the mud away, he could see, and it forever changed his life. Same thing with the government official. The government official could have just been like, man, Jesus, I want you just to come to my house, come heal my son. And I use the illustration of us going to the doctor with our child and them telling us, go home, your son will live and not wanting to help us. I bet you that's the way the man felt like he was going to get help from Jesus. And Jesus kind of told him, go home, your son will live. And at that moment, he had the opportunity to have faith and believe or he could have just kept going into town to try and find some way to get healing for his son. But he just believed and started home. So that's kind of where we've been. Um, It takes faith. The touch of Jesus changes lives, uh, ultimately. So now we're going to look at a different kind of, a different kind of touch. Like before, like Jesus touched the man's eyes and then Jesus kind of healed from a distance. And we talked about that, how Jesus still does that today. And uh, so now we are getting into a different kind of touch. This is where it kind of crosses over into us and the touch of Jesus changes lives through what we do, through our actions. And so that's kind of like the extra for here. So we've got the touch of Jesus changes lives and we got the touch of Jesus changes life, but it takes faith. And we got the touch of Jesus changes lives through what we do. And so we're going to read this story in John 4. And we're going to spend some time, um, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to read the whole thing. We're going to read some sections and we'll talk about it. And like I said, I'll paraphrase some sections because they're important, but I'm trying to focus in on just this woman at the well and this conversation that she has with Jesus. So it says here, verse four, John four, verse four, he had to go through Samaria on the way. So Jesus was traveling from Judea to Galilee, as it says in verse three. And so um, he had to go through Samaria. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan town of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. 
Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily down, sat wearily beside the well at about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water from the well, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. Uh, she said, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why do you ask me for a drink? So we're going to pause here for a second. This is a lot to unpack just in those verses. Okay. So first of all, we see verse four, he had to go through Samaria. That wasn't necessarily true. There was lots of, and it says later, Jews refused to associate with uh, Samaritans. So Jews and Samaritans got along like oil and water. They didn't get along. It wasn't a good deal. They just refused to do business with each other. So a lot of the time, if they were traveling, they would just go around Samaria. They didn't travel through Samaria. But John's wording leads you to think there's something more. He had to go through Samaria. Why? It really wasn't any shorter. Why would you have to go through Samaria? Well, as we learned in our known series last month when we looked at Psalm 139, Jesus goes before us and behind us, and he knows our every step. He knows all of our steps were mapped out before we even lived one, right? Before we even walked one, lived a day, all that. It's all been mapped out. We learned that in our known series. So he had to go through Samaria because he had to meet the Samaritan woman that he knew was going to be there. So that's why that's important. But then it says... Um, it was about noontime as soon as a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Okay, so women went to the well, okay? And when they went to the well, they usually went in a group, and they usually went in the early morning and in the early evening when it was cooler. So this says, okay, so it was noontime. Okay, so it was high noon, and this woman was coming to the well by herself, that says a lot, and we'll find out a little bit later um, when we get there what her actual problem was. But this indicates some social problems. This indicates some, like she was a social outcast in some way uh, for her to be coming alone. Because typically they travel together, you know, because it was a it was a little bit of a travel, and it was they were women. And there were robbers and muggers and all sorts of other things. So they traveled in a group that was helpful back then. And so and then the second thing we see is you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Okay. It's not just a Samaritan. She says, I'm a woman. Culturally back then things were different between women and men, let alone a man of Jesus stature. Okay. The disciples were even indicate this when they go why are you talking to her <laughs> like it's even it's there like that tension is great not only is she a samaritan and jesus a jew and him talking to her but he was also talking to a woman and him being in the in the status that he is of a rabbi a teacher so and that's just what it was culturally back then women just viewed a little bit different they were looked at a little bit different and so that's just the truth that's behind this section, okay? A lot is there, okay? Um, then we go on into verses 10 through 15 that I'm going to paraphrase here where Jesus is talking to her about water. 
and living water and the water that he has to give her will give her like she'll never thirst again and all of that and he's just simply using water as an illustration but she thinks he's talking about water water like he's talking about life and eternal life and you'll never need to like you'll never have the issues that you have you'll be able to live and have life through me like that's the life that I can give you but as we see in verse 15, she says, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty and I won't have to come here. So she's still like just, that's not the, he's using it as an illustration. And he's really talking about just life in him. Um, John 10, 10, life to the full. And that John twenty thirty one, you know, that he's come to have life, that people would have life in his name. That's what he's talking about. But she's like, oh, come. So I don't have to come here. Like, this is a big deal. I don't want to have to come to this well. Like, that's a lot. I come here twice a day. That's a big deal. It's like if this conversation was translated forward to us and laundry. Like, I mean, laundry is like the bane of existence in my house. Like, there's like never a time where someone's laundry doesn't need to be done. And it's just like I had this thought just this past weekend after I did one load of my laundry like it, there was just another load. It's just like I can't get laundry to where it's just ever at zero, right? So picture Jesus offering us like always clean laundry. That's kind of what he's the woman thinks he's offering here. Okay, laundry's a chore. Going to the well was a chore. So this woman is like he's offering me where I don't have to come to the well. Like is be like I don't have to go to the washing machine. Yay! Like, uh, one wash and it's done. Like, forever laundry. It's a forever clean. Like, that would give us great joy. And we would want a piece of that. What if Jesus was simply just talking about life? And how our life could be better with him? Because that's what he's telling this woman. So then we pick up where we're still with the conversation. And now we're going to get why she's coming to the well alone. And why Jesus' conversation with her is important. So Jesus tells her, go and get your husband in verse 16. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you are right when you say you don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You have certainly spoke the truth. Verse 19, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me why it is the Jew that tell me why it is that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship while we Samaritans claim it is here, where our ancestors worshiped. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, there is a time coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship your father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while the Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. The time is coming, indeed it is here now, where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Spirit is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus said, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, What do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left with her jar beside the the woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. 
Could this possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Verse 39, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because of what we have heard ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Okay, so first I want to talk about the elephant in the room. I skipped over a section where Jesus has a conversation with his disciples. This is one of those moments where focus is important. That's not part of, it's part of the overall story of John 4 and what Jesus is trying to teach them. But what I'm, what Jesus is trying to teach us about conversation is already, is is that section isn't, um, as important to that. And I feel like we're going to get distracted if we dive into that. But this woman is coming to the well. And so what Jesus says here, Jesus says a lot. And he's, but first of all, in all that I read, he said that um, Jews believe one way, Samaritans believe another way. But Jesus is foreshadowing his entire mission of what he's doing and what the church is going to be like. And we see it in Acts when um, Jesus tells his disciples that, um, you will be my witnesses through Jerusalem and Judea and, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Like he's, that's what he's talking about. That this is no longer going to be the way. That it's not going to matter where you worship Jesus. That Jesus will be worshipped. And that's what he's telling them. And he says that the, the Savior comes through the Jews. He's talking about himself. And so that is what he's discussing with her here. But mainly what we get out of this conversation is verses 16 and 17 and 18, sorry, verses 16 through 18, where he tells her, go get your husband. She says she doesn't have one. And he goes, I know. And then they talk about what's important. Conversation is important. And we see why this woman was at the well by herself because of the conversations that she had had in the past. She was tired of the conversation with the other women, more than likely. She had been notably divorced, notably remarried, and notably divorced, and notably remarried. So she was that person in the town. She was probably getting criticized and ridiculed and belittled and made the butt of jokes and all sorts of things. And when she traveled with the women to go get water, they just excluded her from their conversations or they, like I said, made her the butt of jokes, criticized her, ridiculed her. When are you going to get your life on track? All of this stuff. And she was just flat out probably tired of hearing it. So she went to the well by herself. And she did that just because she didn't want to have conversation with anybody. She would just rather do life alone than hear that kind of conversation. And then I bet you from a distance, right, she sees Jesus. And I picture him having long hair kind of stuff. Maybe he was leaning on the well facing away from her. And he couldn't tell that she could. So she couldn't tell that he was a man or a woman. Maybe she couldn't tell from a distance. But when she gets in, I... When she gets in, I 
distance of the, where she can see the well, she sees a person there. And she's like, great. I didn't want, I came to this well by myself at this time, so I wouldn't have to talk to anybody, and there's somebody at the well, so if I'm going to get water, i got to talk to this person, and all of that, you know, because that was the conversation that changed her life. It was a conversation that she needed. And so what I get out of this, and there's a lot more, like I said, we could spend weeks just sitting here talking about this passage of scripture, this, this moment in John 4. But Jesus just has a conversation with her and it shows us that conversations are important. And I said, um, the change, touch of Jesus changes lives through what we do. Okay, so conversation is something that we do. A wave is a form of conversation. And maybe just sitting alongside somebody. Maybe not even a conversation, but just what we do. Right? And this particular thing is conversation. Conversation is so important. You never know what words will do in someone's life. You never know what you say will do. In someone's life. Words are powerful. James tells us that they either have like the power to heal or the power to destroy in James 3. And so our words are important. The conversations that we have are important. And Jesus could have done the same thing that everybody else done. Yeah, woman, get it together. You've got five. Will you just pick one? Like, quit getting divorced. Quit, like, all of that. Jesus' comment was out of the fact that he knew about divorce. And he knew what it was. And he knew what she was talking about. And he knew that. And I think she did, too. But that wasn't the, the whole conversation. Jesus didn't continue the conversation going, so what are you going to do about it? Are you going to like fix it? Are you going to like, he's just like, nope. She went on, sir, you must be a prophet. And then he started talking to her about how he could have, she could have life with him and how she can worship him and that it doesn't matter here pretty soon where she will worship him. And they had that kind of conversation, not the conversation about what she did. A simple high or a wave could be extremely important to someone. Just waving at somebody, right? That's a form of conversation. When we wave, we're saying hi to someone or we're acknowledging them in some way, right? So what I see here is that conversation is important. And once again, Jesus just had a conversation with this, with this woman. And we see how like the community was treating her because of her presence there alone. But we also see what the disciples thought about it. Right, the disciples knew that it was Jesus, and so the Bible, the text told us that no one had the nerve to ask. It says that in verse um, twenty, sorry, twenty-seven. Why are you doing with her? Why are you talking to her? All of that stuff. But it also says that no one had the nerve to ask. Because it was Jesus and they figured Jesus had something going on. And so when I when I look at this, it's just having a conversation with people. That that changes their lives. It changed the lives of this woman. It changed the life of a town. As people came to see Jesus as people came to interact with Jesus. And it says that 
Now we know he is indeed the savior of the world. This woman that was a social outcast that people had shunned because of her choices and her decisions is the hero in this story. And I know I've heard stories. I've seen stories of how people have been social, socially outcast because of the things that they've done, the choices that they've made, the decisions that they've made. But then they suddenly have the right conversation with the right person and they encounter Jesus and it changes their life. That's what happened with this woman and it still happens today. But it happens through us. It happens through our conversations with people. It happens through with what we do. Quite simple. and It's not simple, sorry, but simply that's what it is. That's what Jesus did. He just simply had a conversation with her. He didn't tell her to go back to the town and bring people with her. The only thing he told her to do was go get her husband that she didn't have. And that conversation was had and then they moved on. She left her water by the well and ran back into town on her own because she had an interaction with somebody that just talked to her, met her where she was at, met her for who she was, what she had done, and didn't care. And it changed her life and it changed the lives of people. Sometimes... That's all it takes is just conversation after conversation. Yeah, but I've, but I've talked to them and they just keep making the same choices and they keep, it just didn't seem like it's working. Keep having conversations with them. It takes time because maybe they've been beat up by people in church. Maybe they've been beat up by people in the community and they're just tired of talking about it and they don't see how somebody who follows Jesus could have any better to say than the people that don't follow Jesus. But that's where we're supposed to be different because Jesus, like I said, it, it's, it indicates here too, that the disciples would have been more on the, the side of why are we talking to her? What are we doing? All of that stuff. Cause it indicates that they wanted to ask, what are you doing with her? What do you want with her? Why are you talking to her? But Jesus was talking to her. And the disciples learned some things about it. They didn't ask either. But it indicates that they would have. Or they may have had a problem with it. If they were there. And if they had started there with the conversation. So it doesn't matter. Jesus knew what she had did. Lots of people knew what she had done. And when she came back into town, they chose to listen to her. Because they had talked about this this Messiah and they wanted to come and see. These conversations are important. And th- through our conversations and through what we do, many people will meet Jesus. Many people will see Jesus for who he is. Not for who he's not because of bad representation. Because Jesus was what she needed and a conversation is what she needed so i encourage you who needs the conversation touch in your life 
who needs to experience Jesus in a way that only you can provide because of the conversations that you can have with them. Sometimes that means we have to put aside our own thoughts, our own opinions, our own whatever we think about the situation or the person or what they're doing and we may not agree and all of that. But you know, Jesus, I guarantee you didn't agree with that woman's lifestyle. But that wasn't as important as the person. Jesus put the person ahead of the problem and changed her life. So who in your life needs the conversation touch? Because sometimes, really, to be honest, as this story indicates too, and sorry, this one just came to me as I'm recording this episode. Um, sometimes it is you that needs to have the conversation and they're going to see Jesus through your conversation because ultimately that's what it shows here. Jesus needed to have a conversation with her. Jesus was the only one that was going to get her to see what she needed to see. Yes, I know he's the savior of the world. Yes, I know he could say anything. I, I get that. But the point is, is that she had had many conversations in the past and Jesus was the only one that got through to her. Got to remember too, Jesus was human. He's just having a conversation. He was teaching her. He was trying to show her the way to have life to the full and life in his name. And the same is true for us. The person that gets on our nerves, the person we don't just don't understand, the person that we don't get why they won't just do this so their life will turn around. Maybe that's the person that needs to have conversation, conversations with us and eventually meet Jesus. Because there are people that are only going to know Jesus through you and conversations that you have with them. And good and bad conversations matter. And if we're supposed, if we're having bad conversations with somebody because we don't like their lives or we don't agree with something or we don't, and we're having bad conversations with them, that person may never actually experience the touch of Jesus because we are supposed to be the touch of Jesus. We are supposed to be putting our differences aside and having those conversations with them. Just having conversations, not even about Jesus sometimes, like just having conversations and befriending them and seeing how different that can make, seeing the difference too that that can make in someone's life. Because that's all that Jesus did here. He just sat down and had a conversation with the person. It wasn't even really about him. The elements came in about him, but it wasn't about him at all. It was about her. He put her, the person, ahead of the problem. And I wonder sometimes if we do that, what change would come? What would we do in someone's life if we just had a conversation with them and we didn't nag them or criticize them or ridicule them for the decisions that they've made, for the choices that they're making? What if we just had conversations with people and let the touch of Jesus through our conversations, through our words, what if we just let that change their lives. So once again, I'm going to ask you, who in your life needs the conversation touch? The conversation touch that only you can give to them. That only you 
can be a part of. Other people can have conversations with them, but they're waiting on somebody to just have that conversation with them, that moment with them. Because like I said, this woman had lots of conversations, but it was the one with Jesus. Jesus's conversation with her was that conversation. So who in your life needs the conversation touch? I encourage you, I challenge you with that this month, this week, whatever. Find someone that needs the conversation touch in their life and be that conversation and be the touch of Jesus in their life that changes their life. So I encourage you to do that. I also encourage you to come back, check out the rest of the series. We've got a couple more weeks left. And so I hope you'll come back and join us for the rest of Touched and come back next week and join us for that episode as well. Um, I look forward to seeing you again next week.